So this is just a part of like who I am. But from the very beginning, I all like my first event ever for girls in tech in Los Angeles, I had this like major campaign to be like, okay, we want men to come. And so some women were kind of like, well, you know, well, this is about women. I'm like, <laughs> but the goals that women want to achieve, um, it's not in a vacuum. Welcome back to another week of The Thinking Project, everybody. Of course, it's your host, Dalton Jensen. And make sure that if you're watching this on YouTube, you hit the subscribe button, or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever you consume your podcast, that you hit that follow button because it helps me out a ton. So with all that being said, I had the amazing pleasure of interviewing Robin Cohen today, who's the owner of The W Collective, and she's the founder, co-founder of Utah's 40 Over 40. And we had an amazing conversation about male allyship. We had an amazing conversation about all things business and how to succeed, especially for women. I learned a lot in this episode, and I think you will too. Make sure that if sales or business development is something that you're really taking seriously right now, I have my mastermind group and my discord group where we chat about college football, where we also chat about growing businesses and connecting with each other. So if that's something that interests you, all those links are down in the description below. But otherwise, have a great Tuesday. Have a great week. Enjoy this episode. And thank you so much for listening. Hey, well, thank okay. you so much for being here, Robin. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was really excited. Uh, this is something, so, you know, we'll talk about male allyship yeah, and just allyship in general. Sure. And this has been something that I've always kind of tried to dive into um, when I have like women entrepreneurs on and yeah. successful business owners. So, um, and plus I'm a girl dad. So whenever I there get to, <laughs> whenever I get to show, I mean, my, my, my daughter has my wife obviously and the, and sure. the strong women in our family, but when she gets to see outside, you know, it's like represent, I didn't know. So I've come a long way. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure we all have. Right. But I, yeah. it was like when, whenever, you know, before I had my daughter, it was like representation matters and all this stuff. And I never yeah. just gave it a second thought. Sure. But then when you have your daughter and she's fiery and she wants the whole world and you're just like, she's got me wrapped around her finger and she wants everything. And I'm like, right. that's it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's been a big thing. But but before we get too far into that, yeah, please introduce yourself. Tell us how you got here, like um, what you're doing right now and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm Robin Cohen. Um, I'm the co-founder of Utah's 40 over 40 and founder CEO of W Collective. So W Collective is an events production and culture consultancy, if you will. So not only are we producing our own events and workshops, focusing on elevating the representation of women with the support of men, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's also about actually having those same services for companies. So if companies are looking for events that they can do, right? Kind of bringing community or their company together, workshops that are beneficial for maybe like leadership development, that kind of thing. So not only reproducing it, but then we're offering that as services. I work with a couple of companies on some like DEI, you know, strategies, returnship programs, that kind of thing. So that's W Collective. And then Utah's 40 over 40. So our inaugural event is next Friday. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, back in March, uh, and actually it was February, um, another under 40 list came out and I just was kind of like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as a 
48. Well, I just turned 49 this week. Oh, wow. Happy so now birthday. I'm like, I'm now I'm like one year away from 50. You know, okay. <laughs> so okay. now it's like over 40, like over 50. No, yeah. but the whole idea is, is that we tend to, and I don't want to use, I've said glorify youth, and I don't really think that that's the right term, but we definitely have a really heavy focus on youth, you know, in terms of what does success look like when you're young? Right. Mm -hmm. Or like who are some key, you know, young executives or young founders. And I think that um, we focus on it so much that we actually leave out the over 40, you know, crowd. Mm -hmm. And as I was researching it um, and I was researching it with my partners, Julia Deaver and Diane Acevedo. You know, we learned that one in four Americans, not one in four women, not one in four Americans is a woman over 40. Whoa. So that's 83 million people. And then if you even just look at, you know, what does success look like? You know, average age of a CEO is like in their 50s. Um, average age of a president, 50s. Um, but average age of a woman CEO, I believe it's 42. And my numbers are going to get jumbled mm, up because yeah. it's a lot to, to remember. And I think average age of like a woman CEO is like 48. So mm. it's like, where do we see that in, in the world, right? Or, or in our community. And so I just felt like, let's do something that's showcasing that. So that's next week. Um, hello. <laughs> um, so that's next week. It's our inaugural event. Um, so we're super excited about that. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's crazy. So you're, um, but I like the idea of the 40 over 40 and here's why I like it because I have never been a fan of like the hustle culture around like, you know, quit, quit, you know, drop high school, dropout, college, dropout, made it like those stories are real and they happen, but they're sure. definitely the exception and not the rule. Right. Yeah. And what one statistic that I found after I've interviewed these business owners, like I probably, I probably have over 200 hours of interviews under my yeah. belt. Right? Sure. Yeah. And, and so one of them is one of the things I learned is like, so when you start a business out of high school or out of, or fresh out of college, your chances of success are in that 10 to 20%. Yep. But when you start a business after you've had a long career, after you've been an executive, you've seen the back end, your chances of success are like 90%. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, and it yeah. blows my mind that people yeah. are just like, well, I, the only time I have to be successful is after college. It's like, no, you don't. Right. And I think there's just, it kind of also, if we're looking at society at large, Right. I think that there's just this notion where it's like, okay, at a certain age, you have to have it all together. Yeah. You know, you have to be married and have kids and be at a certain level with your career. Right. Yeah. And so, so for me, I just think that that's probably maybe one side of it in general for any of us where we need to define success and define our lives for us. Like mm -hmm. what what works for us and what makes us feel good. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, if you, I don't know, like whatever your story is, if you've decided that you've like launched a business in your fifties or your sixties, yeah, you know, and that that's where you've really come into success. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, so that's one side of it where I think that there's a lot of pressure for all of us to like get to a certain level of success. Right. But then the other side of it is, <laughs> Because we're not seeing, you know, um, uh, it's just like in general when it comes to like movies, right? Television shows, mm -hmm. right? When we talk about representation, right? Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's like it's everywhere, right? Yeah. So, you know, how are we representing 
men and women? How mm-hmm. are we representing them at all ages? How are we representing people of color, right? How mm-hmm. are we representing success, right? How so it's so that's like that bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is this other notion, um, especially maybe like in Hollywood, <laughs> where, you know, it's almost like, especially if you're a woman, you're almost like mm-hmm. washed up after 40. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's like, it's like, no, 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 we're you're not like started. we're here, yeah, you yeah. know? And so how can we show that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you bring up the topic of allyship and I think that that's something that's super important. And, and you mentioned Ju- Julia Deaver. Yeah. Me and her are trying to connect on a podcast, but she's a bit, she's a busy woman yes. too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I got to get her out of here. But, yeah. um, uh, no, cause that, but, but you know, that, that was one thing. And actually how I, I, uh, got introduced. Well, you know, I brought Susan on yeah. because Susan was like, she, she was talking in a group. And before I interrupted her to ask her to be on the podcast at, at, at a brandless event, yep. um, she was talking about, she's like, women need to get together. We need men's help. And I was like, so I heard that and I was like, boom, that's that because it's so important. And so my question, um, is just explain that. So like male mm-hmm. allyship and just allyship in general from, from people who, you know, because it's, it, it's obviously safe to say that, that like, if you're a, a white male, you, you haven't had it as hard as some other people. Right? Sure. Yeah. And I, and I'm okay with saying that. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so how, how do we like help and like, what does that look like and all that good stuff? Right. And yeah. Because we, we definitely have to like turn the tables. We have to like get more involved. Yeah. Well, so I probably have, um, a much more, um, open-minded view when it comes to women's advocacy, you know, and what that, that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing it for 15 years. You know, I started with girls in tech. Um, I founded the Los Angeles chapter. I helped them grow to a dozen chapters across the country. Wow. Um, and then I've done my own things in different cities that I've lived like girls on it. I started on, on my own in Sao Paulo, Brazil, when I was living there for four years, oh, cool. you know, when I came back here, I did women's week when I was managing the impact hub. So it was like a week long programming, focusing on like women in politics, you know, women in nonprofit women, right. In like mm, those different sectors. Yeah. So this is just a part of like who I am. But from the very beginning, I all like my first event ever for girls in tech in Los Angeles, I had this like major campaign to be like, okay, we want men to come. And so some women were kind of like, well, you know, well, this is about women. I'm like, this. (laughs) But the goals that women want to achieve, um, it's not in a vacuum, right? It's So in my mind, we have to engage men, we have to educate them and understand all these different issues that are affecting us, because in some instances, it's affecting them as well, because it could be affecting their family, Mm -hmm. it could be affecting anything like their household income, right? Like where that your wife maybe has an opportunity to like make more money, but because of gender pay gaps and all of that, you know, so I think that, um, the reason why it's so important to me and I'm so passionate about it is because I think that not all, but some yeah. uh, women's groups um, kind of feel like this is about us. So we've got to do it on our own. And yeah. so I'm not of that thinking. My thinking is, is every time I have an event, I want either my moderator or a panelist to be a man. So for me, representation goes both ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want that representation there. 
Um, and I want them to be engaged. I mean, our event on male allyship that W Collective had recently, um, we had Jeff Erickson, we had Scott Paul, and we had Edgar Callion. Edgar, I hope <laughs> I'm pronouncing your last name properly. And, um, and that was purposeful. And so we had Trina Limpert and we had Sui Lang Panoke from Zions Bank. So it, that was very purposeful because I actually wanted more male representation because yeah. we were discussing that topic than, than female representation, right? Because it's about engaging men. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, post event, Scott was clearly very um, <laughs> inspired by it. And he was like, okay, he's like, guess what? If you reach out to me, because 99% of the time, a man is reaching out to him on LinkedIn to be like, hey, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to pitch my business, you know, whatever that looks like. And so he said, well, next time you have to bring a woman. And, you know, I think that there were, uh, it was a very interesting reaction, but I want to say a good 80%, 85, not 90% of of the reaction and the commentary was very positive. And the whole thing is, is that he just wants to be able to, um, to actually uh, show that male allyship, right? Yeah. So if he can, you know, if, 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 if a man that wants to meet him for whatever reason can bring maybe, maybe his co-founder is a woman, yeah. right? Maybe he knows of a woman that started a business that's looking for funding, right? Yeah. Maybe they want a job. Maybe, you know, Scott's looking for a woman to be on the board for one of his, you know, company. yeah, companies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so that's like where that comes in. And so um, allyship and particularly male allyship um, is really the understanding that, you know, as men, we want to get them involved. We want to engage them. We want to educate them and we want them to be mentors. You know, we want them to be sponsors. Um, we want them to, you know, a lot of the times there's these like either memes or images of like women pulling up women. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know, if you yeah, yeah, see, yeah, those images. Them, yeah. so for me, I'm like, there should be men in there too. <laughs> yeah. Helping, helping everybody. Yes. Yeah. So that's what it is, you know, for me. And I wanted to reference that, you know, event and some of like the mm-hmm. post event stuff that happened because, um, because I feel that maybe some men feel, um, pushed out or, you know what I mean? Not a yeah. part of that. And I think that there's a lot of stuff that's been happening in the world over the last few years that um, like the Me Too movement and all of that. And don't get me wrong. Those are all so important that we hear those stories Mm -hmm. and that we, um, you know, provide support and resources for what that means. Um, but you know, I don't like the idea of men being the enemy. Yeah. (laughs) Right. right. We're looking at a system. Right. And so our societal system is a patriarchal system, right. That was created Mm -hmm. that just happens to have, um, benefited men better. Mm-hmm. And as women came into the workforce, you know, and now we're like, what, 50% <coughs> of the workforce, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So what we need to try to do now is switch things up, right? Mm-hmm. So that we can accompany them better in the workforce, in companies, in societies. Yeah. So that's why I think like male allyship is important because we can help to come together and create that. 
Yeah, that I mean a lot to a lot to unpack, but I agree with everything that you said. I, I know think... that was very like long winded, <laughs> but I wanted well, no, to great, really though. touch yeah. upon all like the key aspects of it. I think what I what I'm curious about because I re- I remember the post of Scott. I thought it was admi- like I thought it was admirable. You know, when I've re- researched allyship, I did some of that. You know, I did some more in pre- preparation for this interview. Yeah. Um, but it's something I always want to learn about. And one of the big things uh, for allyship is like to see other men standing up, like creates that kind of momentum, momentum. Yes. Right. Which I, I mean, and, and the crazy thing with me is I saw the post too, and I saw some people's backlash and I was like, <laughs> it's his company. Like what's funny is like the double standard that some of these people have yeah. where it's like, this is America. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what Scott's doing. Yes. Right. That's how he wants to run his business. Yeah. And I think, first of all, I think it's great. And second of all, even if you disagree with it, you can't disagree with the fact that like that's his business and that's how yeah. he wants to run it. Yeah. And he's only any, and, and by the way, I think both of those things can be true at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I think that, you know, I think that he can do whatever he wants, but also he's doing a great thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to have like women's perspective in, in any situation is obviously like a good thing. Like, I don't understand why people like, cause yeah. for me, I, I get what you're saying. Like, um, I think it's just a very, like, because, and I thought you put it very well with like the system, like not individuals, right? Because there's a lot of, a lot of men out there, like myself included, like who just want to see people win. Like I, yeah. you know, that's why, like, that's why I made a, you know, I, I was kind of doing the same thing. Um, and, and the only thing I didn't do right was publish that I was trying to put more women on my podcast. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But I do, I try, I try, I'm like, right. because this is, I don't want to have just a bunch of dudes. Well, you're trying it. to be intentional <laughs> yeah, about yeah. it. Right. And so that's what Scott's doing. Scott now is trying to be more intentional yeah. with what he's doing. And I'm like, that's great. That's yeah. what we need. So yeah. he was inspired too. <clears throat> imagine how many other men he might yeah. inspire where they might sit back and be like, okay, what do my meetings look like? Yeah. Right. Like what did my board look like? Like, Whatever that does for you to take a step back and be like, okay, what can I do? I'm like, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. And, and I think it's something that, that we should. So, so let me ask you this. So how do we have like more um, conversations around allyship and how do we like, um, because so one, one of the things, and so this is one of my questions for me to learn, right? Yeah. Like I always feel kind of awkward going into the conversation because I, I want I want everybody to be heard. I don't want to be that guy who looks super ignorant. So I'm always like <laughs> tiptoeing around the topic, sure. but like, how do you, how are you like more intent? How, how are you more intentional in those conversations and, and like respect everybody? Like I'm a very empathetic person. And so yeah. um, I want, I, or at least I try to be. Yeah. And so how do you navigate those conversations where everybody feels heard and it's not weird. And we're all trying to like, make sure, like, I don't ever want somebody to feel like there's, cause it's not pity. Like I actually want people right. on my board who have different views than yes. me, who are women, who are people of color. And I want these opinions, yeah. but I don't want it to feel like I like pity or like, or like, I, I guess you gotta, you know what I mean? And so I, know. I never want, I never want it to and feel like that. that's how some <clears throat> people reacted to Scott's post. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where, you know, and again, you can't control <laughs> human beings, like, you know, reactions sure, right, to things be, yeah. and opinions <clears throat> and whatnot. But, but for me, you know, uh, I think, I think if it, I think you have to kind of like look at what are maybe the different situations that yeah. any of us could be in, and, and what does that look like, right? Yeah. So if you're going to take, you know, a workplace environment, right? So what can men do to feel as though that they can like create allyship, right? And especially we're we're kind of focused more on the higher mm-hmm. execs, right? Higher level right. executives, and what can they do? 
But then it's also like teams, right? So mm -hmm. if team leaders, you know, are men, what can they do? Right. Um, and I think that the number one thing is, to me at least, is to um, is for other people on your team, especially you know women and people mm -hmm. of color, because because it's the whole right. Yeah, it's every, the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is that they feel that they can come to you to discuss certain things openly, honestly, respectfully, and in a safe place. Mm -hmm. That to me, I think is number one, because when you feel that you can't share something yeah. that's bothering you about how you feel in your workplace, <clears throat> that's the problem, like off of the bat, you know, yeah, is yeah. that so, so like women want to be able to feel that they can go to whoever their leader is, because it could be like men or women, but if it happens to be a man and to maybe share what their experience is or, you know, uh, how they can maybe like negotiate their salary better or mm -hmm. how they can receive like a promotion or whatever that looks like, you know, yeah. I think it starts there is just on both sides. One that you feel comfortable going to have like a crucial conversation, you <laughs> yeah. know, which is not always easy. And then two, that the leader allows for that to happen. Yeah. Um, because it can be scary. I mean, I know how I felt in certain situations and, you know, and I'm not a shy person, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. at all. So I can only imagine if someone mm -hmm. is more shy or introvert and something's bothering them and you feel that you can't go and express that, that's rough. That's like a mm -hmm. rough feeling because then you feel that you're in like a, a hostile environment. And I have, I have felt that and I've been in hostile environments. I know mm -hmm. what that feels like. So I think that's almost kind of like where it begins is just being able to have certain conversations to express what your experience is to maybe hope that you can change that experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So if like a woman wants a promotion, well, what can we do to help her succeed in that? You know, um, I know like Utah. <laughs> Love Utah, but we yeah. have like some things to work on, right? Of course. So we're 49 for the gender pay gap. Whoa. So, yeah. So I think it's like 69 cents for a woman versus a dollar for men. It's pretty. Whoa, that's gnarly. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so, you know, it's right then and there. It's like, what can, you know, uh, a leader do to yeah, maybe now, kind of change that, you yeah. know? And now are you talking about like, like gender pay gap? Like in the same field, like salesperson to sit, like I'm in sales, right? But like anywhere, but like yeah. in the same position with the same title Good you're talking question. about. Good yeah. question. I haven't looked at like okay. the, the nuance of the, of the data. It's probably very generally speaking that it's yeah. 69 cents but for I mean, every it's still, dollar. I, mean, either, I was just curious, to, yeah. like if you knew, I mean, it's still something that we should absolutely work on. It's yeah. an issue, but I was just, you know, please don't take that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. And again, like yeah. I know that data. I don't yeah. know how they've gathered that data, like sure, what sure. they've looked at, yeah. but it's definitely probably a very just general overview. Yeah. And I know. And, and, you know, so I'm like, it's funny because this is just an issue that we should fix. And I, I hate when it gets political and, and whatever, I know because a lot of it is, and I'm just like, no, like, why don't we just hear the, because like, I think that, um, when you like, and this is one thing that I try to do, like if I'm, that, that I will try to do. And that, and that I try to do now when I'm promoting stuff like this, which is like, why don't you just sit down and talk to people actually like hear <clears throat> stories, yeah. right? Yes. Because like, I don't care what CNN, Fox, I don't care what any of those guys say, like, <laughs> right. I'm going to go talk to 10 women and figure out like, 
and sit down with them and be like, what are you experiencing? Yeah. Because I feel like that, that means more than uh, anything else. And, and I've heard that from a lot of women, right? Yeah. So it's like, you got, I mean, it's clearly something that we need to address Yes. because it doesn't. And, and so going back to my original statement, it's like, does the data really matter? Yes. Yes, it does. But like the nuanced question that I asked doesn't, we just, a lot of people feel like that and the data is there and it's real. So we need to like figure something out. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. And so again, you know, I mean, yeah. that's just like one example and sure, it's sure, probably sure. a very, uh, <laughs> sensitive <laughs> example, well, you know, because like, for yeah. example, Salesforce, Mark Benioff, right. He just, they just opened up their books. They were like looking at, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, a position to position, you know, yeah. like meant to him. And he was like, great, like, let's just do all equal pay. And I'm like, wow, well, that was easy. It, when it's that easy, you right? <laughs> so and it might so, yeah. not be. Sure. Um, and I know that um, we look at a lot of factors in terms of, you know, what do men work do in the workplace versus what women do in the workplace, you know, thinking sure. about mothers versus fathers, different roles and what, you know what I mean? And like, really kind of like breaking that down, yeah. right? Um, but, but I think what we have to do is stop doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just making sure that, you know, if it's, if it's on par, right. Like VP of sales, you're right. It's a VP of sales, yeah. you know, Who, well, are they making well, the same? Yeah. At least yeah. like close to the same, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then I think <clears throat> that, um, some of these States are passing laws. So I don't know if, you know, like Colorado has a law where they yeah. have to, they have to disclose helpful. the pay. Cause it's helpful on both ends. Yeah. One, you know, yeah. then like what the pay range is. Yeah. So when you go in, especially for women, yeah. when you go in, then you know how to kind of be better position yourself to negotiate, to get yeah, that, what you, do you yeah, know what I mean? What you deserve, yeah. So, um, so I'm like, if, if companies are not yeah. going to like open up the books, right. And just be like, great, let's pay everyone across the board. Those laws are really helpful yeah. in getting us closer to that point. Yeah. And I, and I totally agree. And it's like, so, I mean, I've gone, I've gone through a lot of phases like politically and things like, like I, I, my, I have a finance background, yeah. I have a sales background accounting. And so you look at some of these things and, and, and I go, and I go, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in favor for government regulation. And here's why, because mm -hmm. like, rules actually give you more freedom. So if you think of like sports, like I'm a sports guy, right? I, I yeah. But, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Or you could even not use sports. You could do like, like choir or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like we have notes for a reason. If everybody was singing crazy, we wouldn't have a beautiful song. Right. Yeah. And we, if we didn't have refs, we would, the game would yeah. be no, be no fun. And so, yeah, you got to have enough rules to keep everybody honest, which I think it like, that's perfect. Right. Um, and I think it's also funny when like, I don't know why, I don't know why other guys get all fired up about this. Cause I'm like, you know, I just, I, I, it never clicked with me because like when I was a sales leader, in the automotive industry, that was primarily, primarily men and sales sure. is generally men, but yes. like it's more in the, more in the auto industry. It was like hardly sure. any women. Oh yeah. And so I tried to like bring women on and like make it a point to like have women on my team. And you know, the funny thing was, was like the, when I had women on my team, it was interesting because you hear some of the arguments of like sales, right? Like, well, if a, you know, cause sales is almost like a level playing field. If you work really hard, you yep. make, we're all commissioned. Totally. All, but, but what was funny was I noticed that some of the women who I, who are on my team didn't feel comfortable even in the trainings. So it was almost mm. like, um, yeah, sales is a level playing field, right? Yeah. Sales is a level playing field. But like if, 
you, like you were mentioning, if, if women don't feel comfortable asking questions in there, if they feel like they have to know it all, because you know, that there's men for whatever reason, right? Like whatever that looks like, um, that's an issue, right? Because yeah. like, if we're not like, sure, it can be a level playing field, but if you have more training than me, yeah, you know what I mean? Or if you feel sure. more comfortable asking things in a, in a training, or if you feel more comfortable, like, or if you don't feel comfortable coming to it, like you were saying, coming to a leader for help or something, yeah, that's really detrimental. And if yes. that's what the, and, and for me in sales, like, that's what it looked like for a lot of women. So we had to make sure that like, like nobody, well, and let's be honest, like some of the dudes I was dealing with were not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean? So yeah. there was no reason to feel intimidated, yeah. but, but they were, and that's, that's the yeah. point. Right. So yeah. it was just funny because you, that's the stuff you kind of got to deal with. Right. Because it's not necessarily a level playing field. If people don't feel like they have the opportunity to learn. Well, and this is a great point because part of the workshops that I'm doing under W, w collective yeah. um, is to provide certain knowledge to women that would that if you were to go out like seek it out for yourself you would probably be in that environment where it's mostly men and then you get intimidated right so mm -hmm. it's like you know how do you position your company for funding yeah right so how do you get like venture capital and like the numbers you know for that for women are like really bad right yeah, yeah. or even like just startup fundamentals like how do you even what do you need you know like what's the yeah. <laughs> i'm like little guy okay. um you know what do you need to understand to start a company, right? Mm -hmm. Or financial literacy. The numbers yeah. for financial literacy in women are appalling. Yeah, so so yeah, it's yeah. very interesting <clears throat> to me because I always kind of laugh, right? So like group exercise classes do really well, right? And they're mostly female dominated, right? And we just feel super comfortable. So men actually feel kind of yeah. <laughs> intimidated going to that setting. So it's the same thing for us. But when it comes to like venture capital, right, financial literacy, sales, right, all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping to create workshops that are around like key topics to help women understand certain fundamentals so that they feel a little bit more empowered, you know, when they're pitching their business or just yeah. managing their fin finances or building, you know, personal wealth. I want to do a workshop around Web3, crypto, NFTs, yeah. that whole space, because yeah. let me tell you, you want to talk about like new like tech, right? Yeah. Super male dominated. Oh, and yeah. I can tell you, <laughs> I know how I feel, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, when I first heard NFT, I was just like, what? You know, and then yeah. just thinking that like you can create this like piece of art that, you know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. like getting like hundreds of, so and and it's also like one of the areas that like, you know, some women are obviously investing, you know, and yeah. like they're in the stock market, but the web three crypto space is just like, it's a whole other animal. Yeah. And the numbers <clears throat> for that, right. Women getting involved in that is also really sad. Yeah. So, so, so bringing up that whole like training environment, right. Yeah. Where depending upon the industry, you know, or the role, that it is going to be naturally more of that, you know, male kind of dominated environment. So I'm like, okay, I'd love to take certain, you know, knowledge that you would be, you know, learning in different environments mm -hmm. that tend to be more male and offer that to women mm -hmm. in an environment where <sighs> they feel safe, confident and empowered to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And they feel comfortable. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that they have 
that they, they should feel like that or anything, but, but it right. happens. And it's just like, it's no, intimidating. No, yeah. You know, and you're like, no, 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 you are, you're supposed to be here. Yes. You have every right to be here. Yes. We're all going to train the same and, and we're going to help you. And because like, you know, it's just that old saying when the, when the tide rises, the boats rise, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Yes. Um, and, and that's interesting. I, I just, I, you know, for me, I'm just in a unique position because um, I, I like to use my platform to bring on, like I've had women in crypto actually on the, my podcast. Awesome. <laughs> uh, there, there was one artist who, who came on and she, nice. she painted physical paintings and then she did, made them digital. And when you that's bought really the, cool. bought, bought that one, you got the physical one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it was cool. Actually. Yeah. I was like, let's that's go. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Like, <laughs> um, it, so it's just, it's just cool to see, you know, all of that come full circle. And so, um, you know, and, and again, like male allyship is just important. Like it just brings everybody together. It's just, it's like, you know, for me, it's like, it's time. And, and it was like, mostly because it's, it's my daughter. Like yeah. you just, I just, she's just so powerful. And I'm just yeah. like, you've got to just like, I've got to make, help her blaze her path. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. And and I think like, I, I am, I was probably, you know, your yeah. daughter at one point in time, right? <laughs> I'm a very like bold, you know, yeah. I'm not shy. I'm like super opinionated. And my parents raised me to be like that. I mean, yeah. You know, they raised me that way because they had to take care of my handicapped sister. So all of their time and their energy and their resources were focused on her and her well-being and her health because she had a lot yeah. of health issues. So my dad was like, you're coming down to the office. I was nine years old so that you can start figuring out, you know, like what the working world looks like. You know, I was cool. I had my first part time job when I was 13. You know what I mean? Cool. Like yeah. I was taking the bus and subway in <clears throat> Toronto. That's where I'm from. You know, yeah. again, when I was nine years old. So imagine that you that, you know, you have parents raising you that you're going to be like self-sufficient. You're going to be independent. Right. You're yeah. going to like understand the value of a dollar. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to an environment where someone's like, no, 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 no. You're too much. You're too much. Like as a woman, we're going to put you, you know, oh, over yeah. here. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't want to be over there. Like, yeah. you know, I want to be, you know, bold and I want to be confident. I want to be able to, you know, express myself. I want to, you know, honestly, just be myself, yeah, just you be know? You. Yeah. And so, yeah. How can we continue to make women feel that way or bring them into feeling that way? you know, in society, in places of work, right? But looking at the next generation, what can we do so that we are allowing them to be mm -hmm. their bold selves? Yeah. And I think it's this idea. And and by the way, I loved interviewing Sydney Tetro. I'm sure. <laughs> um, because she checked me in the interview. Cause I, so one of the, I was doing my research yeah. um, as I, you know, as I normally do. Yeah. And I come across the article where it says largest round of VC funding by a female CEO. Yeah. Right. And so I, I saw so we're on the interview. I asked her, I go, how do you feel about that? She goes, well, what do you mean? And I go, well, shouldn't it just say like largest because it, because not only was it one of the largest female, but it was the one of the largest in general period. Right. 118 million is, I know that's Wild. crazy. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, because it's, because it's not just, and she's like, no, 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 it, it had to be there because people need to see that like females can raise that much money. Yeah. And I was like, Phew. You got me on that one. I got goosebumps. I was like, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Because people need to see like you can do that. Yeah. Right? Well, and let me take it a step further. So we have recently learned from, you know, Scott's LinkedIn post. And like, I think it was like <laughs> 300 comments and like. Yeah, the one that he did. Yeah. yeah. 700 <laughs> engagement. 
At one point in time, I think he had like 55,000, like 60,000 views. It was just yeah, wild. Yeah, it was a good one, yeah. One woman reached out to him and said, you shouldn't say female, you should say woman. And it was interesting because they were saying that, you know, when you talk about the female, sure. it could be an animal, could be, it could okay. be. And so it was even a lesson for me because in my 15 years of, yeah. you know, women's advocacy, right? I mean, yeah, we talk about female CEOs, yeah. right? And female founders yeah. and all of that. And so she's like, no, you should always address it, you know, as woman CEO woman, woman or CEO. woman entrepreneur. And I just was like, all right, check. Yeah, deal. You know, so that was really interesting, <laughs> yeah, right? Deal. So I'm, I'm bringing that up because I heard yeah. you say, I'm like, you know what? I want to just share that because that was mm. actually a new, I would have never actually thought about that. And I'm a woman, <laughs> right? Um, but also to that point, like with Sid, with Sid Tetro, um, you know, a lot of the things that I read is like, well, when are we going to get to the point where it's not like woman CEO raised, you know, that yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Sid Tetro of Brandless raised da, 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 and yeah. that we're not necessarily marking right, like the boxing. fact yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 that yeah. like it's a woman. Like, now, yeah. the flip side of that is, is that it is important because yeah. it's important for other women to see what is possible. Yeah. So kind of zeroing in and shining a light on like the fact that she is a woman, you know, yeah. CEO is important. But yeah, it would be nice to, you know, <laughs> get to a point where it's less about the fact that, you know, it's a woman doing whatever, raising whatever yeah. money, um, more just about the fact that it's a company that is led by the <laughs> yeah. certain, you know, individual raising yeah. that kind of money. Yeah, no. And so I was kind of in both camps, but, <clears throat> and so I love that by the way. So women, women CEO deal. I know. I'm but, like, but you just, <laughs> yeah, but you just learn, like, I, I don't, everybody's got this ego and you might, yes. but if you can't like let that go and you can't be empathetic and you can't just like yeah. be willing to learn. Like you're not going to get anywhere. So like in sales, the big thing that I teach. So like my company is Empathetic Selling Solution. Okay. Yeah. And, and one of my things is like um, the reason empathy is so important in, in sales and in conversations is yep. because the only objection that can kill a deal is the one you don't know about. Yes. Right. And so like people have to feel comfortable with you to tell you what they're really feeling, because once you can get to that point, you can actually make progress. And whether that's a sale at the end or, or it's not. Yeah. Right. But you got to know and, and you want yeah. people to be real with you. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just have empathy. And if somebody, you know, I like when she did that to me, I was like, yep. And when you just did it now, I'm like, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> you just like I had another time when I was interviewing a nonprofit organization for to help <clears throat> the unsheltered. They said I was saying homeless and they were like, no, unsheltered. OK. And I go, and I go OK. That's a new one for me. <laughs> I just go, you know, and, and some people are like, oh, it's words. But I'm like, but yeah, but like, listen, but it matters. But yeah, but like if you we want to engage with people. Yeah. You like empathy by definition is meeting people where they are. Totally. And if that's where they want to be met and we need to get progress, like yeah. we're worrying about things like that sometimes don't need to be worried about, like whether or not to 100%. say, just say it and let's, yeah. and let's move forward. Yeah. And let's like, well, it's like, we all want to be smarter, better humans. Mm -hmm. So right, if, right. if, yeah. I, if me as a woman, <laughs> right, like realizing like the connotation of female right yeah. in front of something, I just was kind of like, wow. Great. That's great to know because <laughs> yeah. I want to be, I want to be smarter. I want to be better. Yeah. I want to be able to address things in the way that they should yeah. be addressed. Unsheltered, that's a new one for me. <laughs> well, and it was, yeah, and it was for and me. And it's just great, like, right, but yeah, it's let's great because I'm just kind of like, okay, like, yes, let's of course inclusive. they want yeah. to be addressed in that manner, right? Because yeah. it's almost like, 
homeless has this like horrible, like negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, the stories behind that, gosh, I mean, they're they're just endless. So to understand that it's just that they are unsheltered, like, wow, that's really eye opening. Yeah. And it's, and it's nice. And that's why I try to bring on like as many people as I can. And, and and like, cause yeah, you just like, and then it just allows you to be more empathetic, which I think is necessary. And relationship Um, building, cause you talk about sales, right? Yeah. Sales at the end of the day is relationship building. Yeah. And who are you building relationships with? People. Yeah. <laughs> People. Right? Well, yeah. And, not, and, and, I, and I love this too, because like, um, one of the things I talk about, cause I, I love, I love relationship building and, and some, and sometimes with salespeople that gets misconstrued as like, so, and this is, this is one of the points that I like. So I'll go like, we, we need to build relationships. Right. But like when you're talking about something like this, where we need to get like men involved mm. and we need to get women at the front, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to take 20 years. To no. do that, you know what I mean. But here's, but here's what I. So this, but, but how does empathy play into that? Well, like we yes. we can start connecting with people quicker. We can start like making quicker advancements. Yes. Because you're, because we're like, all right, we're gonna meet you where you're at, and and if the sooner we can do that, and the sooner that we can like have these tough conversations, and we both know, like, you, I'll go into a conversation knowing that I don't know everything. Yep. And that's cool. And so yes. you you learn, and then yeah. we're like, cool, we're all here. So now let's go. Yeah. And, well, and then and we can have open minded, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like you have, yeah, to, I walk into every situation with an open mind yeah. because you never know, right? You don't want to come in yeah. where it's just kind of like, this is how I feel. <laughs> right. And yeah. empathy is such a wonderful thing to bring up with this because that is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I'm trying to help men empathize with our life experience or our prefer- professional right. experience so that they can be like, Okay. Yeah. Now I understand. Great. How can I help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh that's just I mean that's just the key. That's how you like you just have to like <clears throat> get it, right? Like and 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 it's not like cuz you'll never be and I, I read something on LinkedIn one time. Yeah. That, that empathy was like the equivalent of like thoughts and prayers or something. <gasps> really? <laughs> it was kind of weird. But uh and he was a good friend of mine and so sure. we, ch- we chatted about it, but Yeah. I got what he was saying was like people were saying the word and this is what I actually had a problem with too is like people use these buzzwords and mm-hmm. they don't know what they really mean. Like yeah. people just say empathy and think that that's all they have to say, right? right. Uh, there's no like meat to it. So yeah. we had a good conversation, but it was funny because I was like, no, no, no. Empathy is like, you got to, you like, of course I'll never have the experiences that you do because I can't. But empathy is huge. Yeah. But just saying to somebody like, that's hard. Like I yes. get, like, I know that that, that must be so hard. Yes. Like that's all somebody needs to hear to be like, all right. Yes. If, if you understand, you know, like it's just empathy. It's like. Yeah. I, empathy, the, compassion, and gratitude. Oh yeah. 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 Three big ones. And, yeah. and I always, and I always compare that, this idea of like hard, right? So like Warren Buffett. Yeah. On a bad day in He's the stock. He's my birthday twin. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> um, you know, Warren Buffett on a bad day will lose more money on the stock market than I'll make in my entire life. Thank you. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so like, but that's a hard day for him. So, but that doesn't give me any right to say like, well, no, you can't say that it's hard. Right. Because like I'm over here, you know, doing whatever, yes. but it's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like that's hard for him. We have, we have hard yeah. for us. And like, yes. Cause it's all relative yeah, yeah. to the individual. Yeah. Exactly. So like I can imagine a really tough time for me. Like when I've been scared uh, or, you know, to, say something or I've been like, you know, yeah. didn't feel like I didn't feel qualified or anything yeah. like that. And, and that's, 
terrible. Like it's a yeah. terrible feeling. And so if somebody comes up to you and they're like, I don't feel like I'm allowed to say anything like, Oh dude, <laughs> that's so hard. Like, well then let's get you, you know what I mean? Well yeah. then, Hey, you got the floor. Right. Yes. And we're all going to shut up and yeah. listen. <laughs> yeah. Again, you said it, it's like everyone's life journey is yeah. relative to themselves yeah. and, and like not to go off, you know, topic too much, but like, um, but, <laughs> but I've had like a 14 year journey of infertility. Okay. Pretty brutal. Um, but a friend of mine had, I think it was maybe like 18 months, you know, or, or 24 months where she was trying to get pregnant. And so if I didn't have empathy, if I was, if I didn't recognize that th her journey is relative to her, right then I would almost kind of like brush it off and just be like, I'm like two years, honey, like, mm. please, you don't know. Right. So when you open like yourself up, right. And you understand it's all relative to the individual, then you can empathize mm -hmm. and realize that those two years for her are just as hard as my 14 years for me. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. You yeah, know, so absolutely. in talking about Warren Buffett, like it's all relative right. to the individual. Right. And, and, you know, and, and then you, and then you go be, but that allows Warren Buffett to be really, you know, empathetic. And I think that's just what, I think that's what it is. Like, I think yeah. that's what's real yeah. is the love that we can have for people <clears throat> it, because that those, those words also get interchanged. You know, you got like love, empathy, and charity that all get mixed up. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the same, the same idea. That's just like, yes. yeah, let's just do this. Yes. So um, I'm, I want to change gears a little bit because yep. this question popped into my head and I, and I just wanted to ask it, but. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned in business uh, that, that have always stuck out to you, that have always rung true with you? Okay, good question. Um, I, would say, I would say crucial conversations with people is everything. Like communication is key. Trust is key. Respect is key. Like it's all a two-way street. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I know how, because again, I'm not shy. Right. Mm -hmm. But I know that most people would probably be really nervous to have certain conversations about whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So for me, knowing that we can have crucial conversations about whatever, if we're running a business, whatever that looks like, right. Then that means that we're building relationships, right. Then we can better work with each other. So, so that's been probably one of my number one lesson is being able to, for me to have a crucial conversation with someone, for someone to have a crucial <laughs> conversation with me to get a little bit more vulnerable, mm -hmm. um, to kind of, uh, uh, what else with that, um, to, to be respected, right. To have a sense of trust. Um, that's been a big thing for me. And mm -hmm. I have learned in the course of, you know, my really long career in, you know, many different industries and, and roles, um, that I know when I feel disrespected or, or I feel when I can't come go to someone about something that that's when you start to kind of like break down things. And I honestly feel that you start to function from a different place and then you are just not performing like this whole quiet quitting thing, which I really don't like that term. I just want to say, I, I, I'm like, who yeah, came up with that yeah, term? Yeah. It's like a TikTok term. I'm like, come on, TikTok. But, yeah. but it is a really good reference for this because people are not being able to probably have 
crucial, important conversations with their leaders or with their team members about mm-hmm. how they're feeling about stuff. They're overwhelmed. They're burning out, right? All of that stuff. So this term of like quiet quitting means that mm-hmm. you are basically receding into the background and like you're doing your bare minimum to basically survive. Mm-hmm. No one should be in that space. So yeah. communication, crucial conversations has been a big thing for me. Um, what else? I'm trying to think like over <laughs> the course well, of, well, yeah. So crucial conversation. So how do you teach people, women specifically, yeah. how to have those crucial conversations? Although I'm, I'm sure this is all over, but you know, but for like women, because yeah. it's probably, I mean, I would imagine that it might be harder for them. Cause like for me, um, <clears throat> you know, I can definitely empathize with the fact that it's hard Yeah, because for me, it's hard. And I have like, like, and I'm not, I'm kind of like you, like I'll walk into like a business and be like, look, look, I don't need to be here. Like I, I want to be here. So let's talk about it because yeah. if you, if you don't like, because if this conversation goes the way that I think it might go, yeah, that's fine. I can leave. Like yeah. I know how to sell. Like, yeah. Just walk into another door. But yeah. if somebody doesn't have that, that would be terrifying. That would, that would be really like, if you feel like you had to be there and you couldn't talk like, oh, that suck. Yeah. And well, one of my um, former bosses, Josh Aston, this is when I was working at Progression, you know, he was adamant about having one regular one on ones. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanted to make sure that it was always that you felt like you were walking into his office, that it was like a safe space and that you could literally talk about whatever was on your mind and not feel that it was going to be used against you, Mm -hmm. that it was going to jeopardize your job. Right. Like all of that kind of stuff. That's huge. He was the one that told me about the book, Crucial Conversations, for anyone that wants to read a new book out there. So he was now I've always been really comfortable like being open and honest and having hard conversations because I just think that like bottling stuff up and keeping it to yourself serves no purpose for anyone. You know? But as uh it was the first time that I actually worked with someone and then my boss, male, I'm female, right? Mm -hmm. Where he really encouraged that. And I just was kind of like, this is amazing. So me as a woman, Mm -hmm. right? I felt empowered. I felt confident. I felt safe to be able to discuss whatever it was. It could be a really, you know, let's say like a key deadline, right? For a project. It could be some stupid little nitpicky drama, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like on the team. I felt I could talk about it and it made for like everyone really being able to function, to, to be productive, uh, to be transparent. Like it was really vital. So that's been like a big thing for me in the course of, of, you know, my professional life. Um, I'm trying to think of like another key thing. There's just so many, (laughs) um, I would say that, you know, probably the the next most important thing is just from like that operational logistical standpoint mm-hmm. of running a business to me, like that is everything like mm-hmm. processes, right? Procedures, you know what I mean? <laughs> like holding people accountable, like yeah. all that kind of stuff that and and to me, I think it's almost like a work in progress because you're always in like new environments or you have new employees, right? And you have yeah. to almost um, be really flexible in onboarding people. Right. And what does that look like? You know, but yeah, from like that operational logistical, like being hyper-organized, you know, scheduling yeah. um, and all of that, that has also been really important to me. And I think that 
sometimes you're born with it. Like sometimes you're yeah. born just being that super, you know, like organized person. Sometimes you're not. And like, can you teach it? I think you can. Yeah. You know, I really do believe that you can. Yeah. So I think that those be the two things is like communication, key, and then just making sure that there's like operational, logistical, procedural things that are helping whether your, you know, your business yeah. is like small startup or it's like a super large company. I think it all matters. It's a yeah. little bit more challenging when it's a startup. Yeah. Because nine times out of 10, you're wearing like 15 hats and you're right. right? And you're, you know, you're, you're just doing so many different things in order to make sure that your business is solid and growing. Um, But I think that even from that standpoint, when it's like, you're just kickstarting your business, like having certain processes, procedures, software, you know, monday.com, whatever that looks like, like all those little type of products really do matter. That may, yeah, no, that's a great point. Like having, well, and that's, and you know, if, if you're talking about, and this is something that I learned, but like one of the main definitions between like an entrepreneur and a business owner is like entrepreneurs plan to sell. I mean, that's typically right. Like they have an exit plan. Business owners are like, I'm going to stay in this. I'm going to pass this down to my grandkids. It's like that. Sure. But, but one of the things you have to do, whether you want to be in bit, like if you want longevity in your business or you want to sell in five years, you have to have procedures. You, people have to see that you have SOPs that that are easily replicable and that and that if i look at it like if at least if you have sops and i look at it and i'm like oh well here's what we can do better like yeah your valuation goes up because yeah. now it's easy because if you know it's easier for them to fix you know they couldn't have done that without your sops and now yeah. well and it's also that. like an accountability thing <laughs> yeah as that's well, yeah 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 right yeah, yeah. So how do we hold people yeah. accountable and responsible like That's for certain true. things? You know what's so crazy about that is uh, job descriptions. Mm-hmm. Those are oh, so important. Boy. And I didn't know how, <laughs> I didn't know how important those were. Like people yeah. are like, ah, job. Like you're a salesperson. You know what your job is. Like oh, not yeah. really. Because if we get into this conversation and you're telling like one of the things that salespeople get like I didn't like they'll say like that's not my job mm-hmm. and the reason they say that is because you they probably don't have a job description in front of them. like what's expected sure. and we ran into that <laughs> when i was a leader because <laughs> like we were we were telling people like hey you have to do this and they're like says who right and you're like i'm your boss but they're like but they're like no but like according to my because one of the one you know one of the things in sales i'm sure you know is yeah like pay plans dictate behavior like mm-hmm. compensation plans dictate behavior so if you don't have some clearly lined out job descriptions of like what you have to be doing and how we're going to hold you accountable, that's deadly for a business. It is. But then the flip side, like okay. what I just heard, right, is someone that's like, well, that's not my job description. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, OK, how can we because startups probably understand that a little bit better. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if like I'm working for a startup and they're kind of like, hey. I know your job is marketing, but we might need you with some like project management stuff. You know, yeah. nine times out of 10, you're like, okay, I know that I'm going to have to like. That's fair. Yeah. Good right. point. Yeah. But I think that as companies grow, right. And job descriptions tend to get narrow, right. Mm-hmm. And more defined, but still, how can you almost create a sense of like entrepreneurship, yeah. right. Like yeah. among, a co- so that people don't have that mindset of like, oh no, 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 that's not my job yeah, description, like yeah. how, how can we, you know, teach that? And, and, and again, I mean, I don't have an answer for that. Right. Um, but I think because as but like as, cultivating that culture of like, we're all like, like entrepreneurs yes. and like, we all have a skin in the game and things like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like how, and don't get me wrong. 
There are some people where like if project management, right? Like that that's what you've been doing for, I don't know, 15 (laughs) years. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we need some help with like, I don't know, social media, whatever. Yeah. That person might be like, Mm, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there will obviously be instances where people have cultivated their yeah. careers, you know, and their professions in such a way yeah. um, that they kind of do get really uh, pigeonhole themselves, yeah, you know, in, in way, and yeah. that will work in a much larger company because then you can just really like that's your job description. Great. Yeah, you can but, do yeah. execute on it. But I think that there is something to be said. And, and I actually, um, as, as a liberal arts major, um, I did some research on like some, who are some of the really successful people and like, what are their educational backgrounds? And I was actually happily surprised that there's a lot of, you know, liberal arts, uh, uh, like humanities grads that are like super successful. And one of the things they talk about is like, as we have, um, really evolved with technology, the one thing that we have lost is critical thinking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And critical thinking, you know, for me, so again, like this is philosophy. This is like, right. It's all those kind of like subject matters. Right. right (laughs) Yeah. And so it's almost that, um, we have kind of almost brought ourselves to a place where, People are so pigeonholed yeah. in their experience and their education that because uh, critical thinking is a really kind of dynamic, you know, like nuanced yeah. way of functioning as a human. I mean, I look at like, you know, all your different bo- books and that's a great example, right? Because those books are going to really help you to continue to develop your critical thinking. Yeah. But um, I don't I, I think that we've like lost that sense of being able to, you know, read and and um uh acquire right yeah, certain yeah. knowledge in that's order fair. to continue to build critical thinking mm-hmm. um and so that's maybe another aspect to you know what we're talking about here so like there's communication crucial conversations there's you know operational logistical things but then there's just like critical thinking needed to run a business yeah i love that well and <laughs> hey buddy <laughs> he's doing good though uh, and we're almost done, but yeah. I, but, um, I, you know, that's so funny because the re so when I, when I went to high school and it's funny because I'm trying to work on a, on a scholarship program and like okay. a thing for back in my, in my high school because yeah. of this, right. Because like I, I went to high school and grew up thinking I hated reading. Um, okay. and I was like, because we had to read all of the books <laughs> right. you read in high school. And yeah. I was just like, I, they're good <laughs> books, whatever. Sure. But I was just like, I don't, I was so bored. I was so unlike you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I grew up hated reading. So one day I was like reading this and it was like during an election time, mm-hmm. but I was watching one, a video and somebody had put on there and this was like a, a long time ago, but yeah. somebody had put on there that, um, it, it was, they were like voting or whatever. And, yeah. and he, and he shows himself and on the screen, it says why I'm not left or right. And then this, and then it pans and you see like his whole library, his whole wall, mm. And and the and the and the thing was was like why am I not left or right why am I like in the middle yeah. because he had like all of these books and he like yeah. knew that things this was not black and white this was not right or right. left it wasn't liberal or conservative right? right this is like these are like human problems yeah. that we need to solve together yeah. right and so I remember seeing that and I was like something hit me there and I was like that's what I want to do because like I don't know why but that short thirty second thing just clicked so hard and so now I have like a lot of books that like. 
you know, some of my conservative. I love your library. <laughs> you I'm know, like, can I take some home with me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but like, you know, some people are like, why do you have that book? Like some of my mm. conservative friends will be like, why do you have that mm. author? And I'll be like, why don't you like, what, re- why don't Thank you read you. it? <laughs> you know, we've like lo- we've lost a lot. So yeah. that's, so this is why, like when you're thinking about critical thinking and now like kind of yeah. building that idea, right? Yeah. Social media, as much as we love it, <laughs> right. has really messed us up, <laughs> especially sure. with critical thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not being open to people's like, you know, thoughts and opinions on certain things. Yeah. It has become so divisive, so toxic yeah. and so volatile. Like it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's, right? it's crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's totally crazy. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'll, like, and what's cool about reading is like, um, I, it's cool that I, you can also like, and it, what it taught me was like, I have some really, I have some authors that I really look up to that I really love. Uh, their books are amazing. I've read, I've read like their whole set. And then you see him like in real life and you're like, I don't really like that person, but he's got really good ideas. Sure. I'm, I'm going to listen to him, even yeah. though our personalities don't jive. Yeah. And I think some of his other things are kind of crazy, but it also let me do that. Yeah. Right. Because like, no, I read that like that book is still really important to me, yeah. even though he's a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, but that's how, like, that's, I think that's a big thing for like leaning into these conversations is like, um, you know, we may not jive personally. But we can have a conversation. And I'm not saying that but right. in this case, but you that. know what I'm saying? We've lost that. But like, you know, like, you know, like Scott, I see his posts and some of his posts are wild and some of his totally. posts are, some of his posts are on point and necessary. Yeah. And so can you, like, can you in your head say, look, it doesn't matter what the person has done for the most part. Like, I'm not yeah. saying, you know, we're going crazy, but like, yeah. can we say like, you have valid points, even though we don't agree on some other things. Yes. And the answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like always. Cause I do that. There's people out there like Dalton's crazy. And I, and I have a lot of crazy <laughs> thoughts, but like, yeah. can you say to yourself like, yeah, we don't agree on everything, but the things we do agree on, we need to move forward and we need to like get yeah. going. And that's what reading did for me. Yep. I, I don't think I, if I would have seen these people, I would have been like, I'm never reading your book. But right. now I don't do that. Now I go like, Oh, maybe I should yeah. actually, the, the books that in my head I go, I shouldn't read are the first ones I, I do because right. I'm like, there's something. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I'm right. <laughs> sometimes I'm wrong. Though, you know yeah. What I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but that's crazy. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. My pleasure. This I, is great. I appreciate it. So tell everybody, um, what, when your event is, cause this will okay. go out yeah. before then we can help promote it for you. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then tell everybody how to follow you and all, and all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So inaugural Utah's 40 for 40 is next Friday, September 9th at the Grand America. Um, as oh, cool. it's our inaugural event, you know, and we were just really kind of mindful of, you know, what this looks like, like from a budget standpoint, because a lot of people have been asking us like, where can I get a ticket? And I'm like, <laughs> not this year, but hopefully yeah. next year. Um, and then W Collective's next event is going to be on Wednesday, September the 28th at Kiln, downtown Salt Lake City. Um, it's the future of funding. We've okay. got Jeff Erickson as moderator. We have Jesse Randall, who's CEO of Sweater. Yep, he's been on the show. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, I just love what Sweater is doing. I think he, it's they're, just they're, so yeah, they're cool. wonderful. Great uh, we've got Kat Kennedy, who's new general partner at Kickstart, which is awesome. Um, we have Rochelle Morris, who's, um, I believe the title is managing director of mm-hmm. Rev Road um, Ventures. So oh, cool. Rev Road had yeah. their, you know, whole incubator. They have now started a whole venture arm. So she's over that. 
Um, and I, I forget his last name, but Brian, who's a senior associate at Team Worthy, oh, cool. they're like an East Coast VC firm. Um, he's on the panel. We're looking for one more woman. So we're looking for one more woman VC to join our panel. Uh, So if anyone is interested um, and then in terms of following me, I'm on Instagram. So Ms. Robin, Robin Cohen Um, on LinkedIn, just Robin Cohen Um, on Instagram for W collective. It's the W collective co. And I believe that's the same for, for LinkedIn, like W collective co. So those are kind of like my primary uh, spots is Instagram and LinkedIn. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate my pleasure. It. Thanks.